God, thank you so much for who you are and for what you do. God, thank you so much for your word and for speaking to us through it. God, you are so good to us. So God, we just come and we, we ask that you would speak through your word this morning. Would you speak through me this morning? Would it not be the words that, that my words coming out of my mouth? Would they be your words for your people on your day, God? We are here to meet and to hear from you. God, we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have uh, this summer been in a series in which we have just been talking through the Psalms and just going through and picking out some different ones and just seeing how God can speak to us through the Psalms, uh, what we can kind of glean from these. Because oftentimes the Psalms are, are really just things that we, we read through, they're quick and easy, and so you know, there's 150 of them in here. And so we, we go through and we read it real quick, and then we go to the next one because, and that was easy, I can read a bunch of these at one time. And so we just keep going and going and going, and we never really stop to to think or stop to soak in what the psalm is actually saying. And so that's kind of what we've been doing this summer. We've been taking these individual psalms and, uh, and just kind of letting the psalms speak to us. And as they speak, I, I hope that God has been moving in your life and moving through his word. Uh, and so far we've gone Psalm 56 and 51 and 84 and 95, 73, 68, 67, uh, we're going to make a big jump uh, from that and go to Psalm 139 today. Uh, psalm 139 is probably uh, my favorite psalm in all of the psalms. I think I say that probably every week when I read scripture. That's my favorite scripture. Uh, but this one is, is really good. Uh, I, I love Psalm 139. Uh, and we, we live in an information age. That's what they say. They say we live in the information age. Information is one click away. And, uh, and that, is, that is very true. I mean, we, I Google more than I'd like to admit, and uh, I think you probably do as well. Uh, use that. And we've even turned that into a verb, right? We, we've turned Google into a verb. That's what we do. We go and we Google things and we search for things because we live in the information age. And, and I don't say that necessarily proudly. I, I say that because it doesn't really take long when you really start to think about it of how little we actually know. How, how little information we actually have and how little you and I actually really know. I, I say that just to shed some light on, on what we're, what we're going to read today because I think one of the most underappreciated characteristics, underappreciated aspects of God is the fact that God is all-knowing. That God knows everything. That God has all the knowledge in the world. And I think Psalm 139 does an amazing job at pulling out this characteristic of God. And he, really in Psalm 31, 139, it goes over a few aspects of God, right? It talks about God's omnipresence. The fact that God is all places at all times. That God fills creation. That God is omnipresent. That God is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. The, the, the fact that God is all-powerful. It talks about God's holiness in that psalm. But I think, really, throughout the whole psalm, there is this theme of, of just the all-knowing greatness of God. And so I want to read Psalm 139 this morning. If you're, if you're in a pew Bible and you need help, it's 444. Psalm 139, I just want to go ahead and read, read that whole thing today. Here's what it says. <clears throat> you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit 
and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become a night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, for the night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. That's God's omnipresence, right? Right there. For you created me. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I love this psalm. And you can see that it's not just a a generic psalm. Like this is not something that, that was written just kind of out of the blue. This is a very intimate psalm that David wrote here to God. And so as we keep going, I want to just get a good working definition with you of what omniscience is, what, what, all, what God's all-knowing greatness looks like. Omniscience is the word that we use. Omni just means all. Science is, is referring to knowledge. And so here's the definition I want to work with today of God's omniscience, God's all, all-knowing power. The definition is God's omniscience is God's perfect knowledge of all things. God has perfect knowledge of all things. This is affirmed in Scripture, right? Job chapter 37 says that he has perfect knowledge. 1 John 3.20 says that God is, is greater than our hearts and he knows everything, right? God is omniscient. He knows everything and everything he knows, he knows perfectly. And everything that he knows perfectly, he knows exhaustively, Right? This, this God knows everything. There's, there's no information system. There's no special set of data that's outside of his knowledge that he depends on no one. Right? That's unlike us. Right? We, we depend on, on everything. We've even made a verb out of Google, like I said earlier. We depend on, on outside sources for all of our knowledge. And, and so the question I want to talk about this morning is this. Does God really know everything? And if he does... What implications does that have for my life? Does God really know everything? And if he does, what implications does that have for me? 
And so I want to look at this question. I want to look in kind of three different lenses, right? We're going to go kind of the, the zoomed out lens, the 30,000 foot version, and just look at what scripture says about the knowledge of God. And then we'll zoom in a little bit and look at Psalm 139, and then we'll zoom in even farther to you and me and see what implications that has. And so here's our, here's our first step, right? Zoom out, 30,000 foot view, start with the big lens, uh, and we're going to move around scripture a little bit just to see what the whole of scripture says, but then we'll come back to 139. Here's the big picture. God's knowledge is immense. It is great. And it is intuitive. God's knowledge, we'll start with intuitive here. God's knowledge is intuitive. It doesn't come from anywhere. It comes from within God's self. God's knowledge doesn't come from an outside source. Isaiah chapter 40 talks about this. If you want to go there, just a few books ahead of Psalms there, or behind Psalms, I apologize. Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 12, says this, Who has measured the water in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? Who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? This is God speaking to his people and asking rhetorically, who, who was it that taught God? Right, this is the question that Isaiah 40, where did God get his knowledge? Right, and God did not get his knowledge from learning. He didn't get it from books. He doesn't study. He doesn't read. He doesn't Google. There's no homework for God. Right? Like there's, God just knows. Our knowledge, on the other hand, is by learning. Right? You learn how to drive. And how do you learn how to drive? First, you go to a class. You read the book theoretically, right? You read the book. And then, after that, after you pass a test, then they let you get behind a wheel. But not by yourself yet, because you still don't know. They get, you get behind a wheel with an instructor. You go for a little bit with an instructor. Then you have to go with your parent for a little bit if you're under 18, right? And you drive for a little bit. And then, after that, and after you pass another test, then you get your driver's license. Right? Our, our whole process of learning is a process. Our whole, our whole idea of knowledge is a process in and of itself. We don't just know things. We learn everything. We don't even know how to walk until we learn how to walk. We don't know how to talk until we learn how to talk. Right, the things that we know intuitively are, I'm hungry and I need to go to the bathroom. That's what babies know. Right? Those, are the, those are the things that babies know. That's what we know when we come out. Right? But everything else that we know is learned. Our knowledge is a process. God's knowledge is not a process. God's knowledge is intuitive. God just knows. It's there. It's already there. It doesn't, he doesn't need to learn it. He already knows. Matthew chapter 10 alludes to this. Matthew chapter 10, 30. Even the hairs of your head are numbered. There's only one person in this room who knows how many hairs are on their head. That's Vaughn. Because he doesn't have any. Every single one of us, we don't know. I have no idea how many hairs are on my head, neither do you. But God knows. And he doesn't have to come count. He just knows. He doesn't have to learn how many hairs are on your head. He just knows. All right, the knowledge of God is an intuitive thing. God knows because God is God. God doesn't have to learn anything. All right, God knows. He doesn't need to, to come down. He just, 
He just knows. It's intuitive. God's knowledge also, big picture again, is immense. It's huge. There's no end to the knowledge of God. And it's not, there's, there's no limit to it. It's, there's, it's not even confined to the things of this earth. Right? Psalm 147 says that he determines the number of stars and he calls them by name. Right? Proverbs 15 says the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Psalm 50, 11 says I know every bird in the mountains. I could go on and on and on about the knowledge of God, how, how great and ex, how, how expansive the knowledge of God is. He knows everything about everything. God's knowledge is huge. Right? Psalm 90, it's a psalm of Moses. I, I was going to talk about that in a few weeks. I don't think I'm going to. But Psalm 90 is a psalm of Moses, and it says that this, even the secret sins are known by God. Right? There's, there is nothing that God doesn't know. Even the things that we do in secret, God knows. God's, God's knowledge is intuitive. He just, he just knows. He doesn't need to learn it. And it's immense. It's great. There's no end to the knowledge of God. That's the big picture of God's knowledge. Obviously, this is a, a small snapshot of the big picture of God's knowledge. But this is, this is big picture. Zoom in a little bit. Zoom into Psalm 139 here. Heck, not only is, is God's knowledge expansive, and intuitive. God's knowledge is, is intimate. Right? You look at Psalm 139, and these are, these are not just like generic things that David is talking about God knowing. Right? He, he says that God, God knows everything about me. He looks at it in verse 1, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. This word searched is, is literally pierced through. That's the, that's the word for it in the original language. Not just searched, but pierced through. Ever said the saying, I see right through you? I see right through that. What does that mean? I see the truth that's there. I see the truth that might be hiding. I, I see the truth about what's really there. That's what David is getting at. David is saying, you have searched me, O God. You have, you have searched me, Lord. You have pierced right through me. You have seen right through me. You know the truth about everything that I am, and you know me. And, this is, and, and David is not embarrassed of this. He's not even shy about this. In fact, he bookends this psalm with that. You ser- he, he starts, you have searched me, and he ends, search me, O God. It's the same word. Search me. He, David knows that this is, this is the kind of knowledge that God has, There's, and he's not embarrassed about it. And in fact, he, he rejoices in that. Search me. God knows everything about me. He knows everything about you. God knows when I move. Here's the second thing. God knows when I move. You know when I sit and when I rise. Verse 2. And this is just, I mean, sitting and rising, doesn't that just sound like the most mundane activity? Right? You know when I sit down and you know when I'm standing up. I, I, think, I don't think that's what David was getting at necessarily. I don't think David was just saying, like, you know when I'm on my feet and you know when I'm not. He's saying, you know everything that I do. You know everything that I do. You know all of my activities. You know when I'm, when I'm active. You know when I'm passive. You know everything in between because God knows it all. You know when I sit. You know when I rise. He keeps going. You perceive my thoughts from afar. God knows what you think. He knows the thoughts in your mind. For some people, that's a little scary. For me, that's a little scary sometimes. 
God knows what I'm thinking at all times. This is the intimate knowledge of God. He, He knows everything about you. He knows when you move. He knows what you think. And he knows where I go, right? You, you discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. You know everything that I do, God. You know not just everything about me, but you know what I'm doing, right? You, you know everything. You're fully aware of all my actions. You keep going. He says, you, you, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. This, this God that we worship knows what we say. He knows every word that we say, the good, the bad, the ugly. He knows every single one of it before it's even on our tongue. There's another one of those things that's a little scary. He knows everything that we say. I read this week that the average articulate person speaks enough in a day to fill a decent-sized book. And by the end of our lives, we've spoken enough words to fill a college library with books. God knows every single one of those words. Every word that you have ever said and every word that you will say, God knows it before it's even on your tongue. He knows when you're telling the truth. He knows when there's lies. He knows when you're saying things you shouldn't say. He knows the words I speak even before they're spoken. And just in case all of this, after all of this, you are still doubting the intimate knowledge of God, there's this verse, verse 5, you hem me in before and behind, and you lay your hand upon me. And Jesus, God has you surrounded. God has you surrounded. He sees you and he knows you, and there's no escaping God's intimate knowledge of you. You cannot escape it. There's nothing you can do to escape the intimate knowledge that God has of you. And sometimes we like to to put on masks and to put on veneers and and just so people can't really see underneath. They can't really see the true us. We like to just put our best face forward, right? That's the the whole point of it. But God sees right through that. God has searched you, and he sees right through that. And, and this, this can't happen with God. You cannot hide from God. You cannot hide from the knowledge of God. And, and there's really two different perspectives on this, right? If you are a Christ follower, if you've said yes to Christ and you're following him, then, man, this, this knowledge that God knows everything about you, that God hems you in before and behind, this knowledge that you can't escape the knowledge of God, man, this is... This is honestly one of the most reassuring and comforting realities that there is nowhere that I can go that God doesn't know nothing I can say nothing I can do that God doesn't know about I'm comforted by this here's the other perspective though for people who, who maybe don't believe in Christ for people who haven't said yes this knowledge that God knows everything about me can be one of the most frightening things you could think about. This God knows everything that I've done. He, he, it's, it's unsettling. Right? But, but the fact that God has us surrounded and that, that, that God is all-knowing is an amazing thing. I mean, think about, think about this. God knew that you and I needed a Savior. God knew that because of sin we were separated from him. 
Right? God knew that the payment for sin was required, and the payment for sin was death. And so God knew that if he sent his son Jesus, that our sins could be forgiven. Amen. See, God not only knows everything about you, but he, he still wants to be with you. Isn't that the most amazing thing? Amen. God knows everything about you. He knows the words you speak. He knows when you sit and when you rise. He has searched you. He knows you. He, he knows the words that you're speaking. He knows when you're out and about. He knows, he knows everything about you. You cannot hide from the knowledge of God. And guess what? Even though he knows everything about you, even though he knows your deep, dark secrets, even though he knows the, what you do in secret, even though he knows all of that, God still sent his son to die for you to live for you, to rise again for you. Because God knew that that was the only way he gets to spend eternity with you. All right, the knowledge of God is just an, and it's an amazing thing. And so what are, the, what are the implications of this psalm for us? What are the implications of, of knowing that the knowledge of God is inescapable for us? Well, first of all, it should fuel our worship. That's what it did for David. All right, David says, so this knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me. All right, in verse, in verse 17, he even says, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. He's, he's praising God because of how much he knows. All right, David is not, he's not embarrassed by it. David is not wishing that God didn't know everything about him. David is embracing the fact that God knows everything, and he's not just embracing it, he's, he's, he's letting it fuel his worship. He can't help but respond to the knowledge that God knows everything. He can't help but worship. He can't help but praise. This is the response of David to this knowledge. The, the knowledge that we cannot escape God's knowledge should drive us to worship. It should fuel our worship. Here's the other thing it should do. It should, it should drive us to the Word. Here's one of the most amazing things I could ever tell you. You ready for this? This God, who knows you so deeply, also wants you to have a deep knowledge of Him. God, who, who has an inescapable knowledge of you, you cannot escape God. You cannot escape his knowledge for you. This same God wants you to know him in the same intimate way that he knows you. How do we do that? It's right here. This is the word of God. This is what we know of God. This is how we get to know God. This is how we are taught by God. This is how we hear the voice of God. This is, this is how we get to know God through his word. I've given this example a bunch of times. I'll just give it again because I think it's a great example. If someone were to, to give me a book before I knew Rachel and before I, before I had asked her to be my wife, if someone gave me a book and said, here's everything you need to know about Rachel, you know what I would do with that book? I would just devour that book. 
I would be in that book night and day. What do I, how, do, how can I get to know her better? How can I get to know what she loves? How can I get to know what she doesn't like? How, how do I get to know, is her favorite food in here? Is it what, I mean, what are some of her characteristics, right? I would, I would read this book about Rachel, and I would devour this book about Rachel. Why? Because I love Rachel. And I wanted to spend the rest of my life with Rachel. Right, this, this book right here, it is all the knowledge of God that we will ever need. This book contains everything necessary to our salvation. It's all right here. This, this knowledge that God not only knows us, but desires that we would know him should drive us to the word. We should be in this book. We should be devouring this book. And not only that, but, but man, this, this knowledge should just transform our walk. It should transform the way that we live in relationship with God. Just the way that David closes us out. Search me, God. Pierce me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, I can't escape your knowledge. And so, God, I'm an open book. Would you search me? Would you know me? And would you teach me? Would you lead me in the way that you want me to live? God, I, I, I'm open. I'm all in. And this, this knowledge that, that God knows everything about us and, and still wants us and still loves us and still wants to, us to get to know him, like this, this knowledge to transform the way that we live for God. It did for David. That's what we read. Man, I, I love this song. And my prayers at this week as we kind of wrestle with this a little bit, as we contemplate this a little bit, that God knows everything about you and me and still loves us, still sent his son to die for me, even though he knew everything that I was going through. He knew all the actions that I would take. He knew all the words that I would say. And still Jesus was here to die for me. God knew. And God knows everything about you. And as we wrestle with that this week, my prayer is that it would, it would just drive us to this word, that we would want to get to know God on a deeper level. But not only that, that it would just transform our lives, that we would just embrace the fact that God knows everything about us and just say, God, I'm an open book for you. God, I want to live for you. Would you just move into my life? Would you lead my life into the way everlasting, God? Would you search me? Show me if there is any offensive way in me. Help me to change. Would you convict me this week, God? That's my prayer for you this week. That's my prayer for me this week. That we would live in the way that God would have us to live and the knowledge that God knows everything about us. Let's pray. God, this whole idea that you know everything about us can be scary. It can be kind of unnerving a little bit because, God, we, we have some stuff to hide. A lot of us have lived lives that aren't perfect. A lot of us have lived lives that are, uh, well, not perfect is kind of putting it lightly, I think. But, God, you know us. You know all of that. And you still choose to love us. God, with this, with this knowledge that you know us, that you know everything about us. You know 
when we stand, when we sit, you know every activity that we're up to. You know all the words that are in our, in our mouths, even before we speak them, God. You know everything about us. Would this knowledge, would this just drive us to worship you even more this week? To give our lives even more to you this week, God. To, to dive into your word and just to, to pray that you would, you would lead us and guide us and direct us, God. Because you know everything. Why would we not want you to lead us and guide us if you already know it all, God? And so, God, I just pray that that this week you would do that. That you would begin to challenge us and shape us in this way to come come to grips with the fact that you know it all. God, we love you. And this morning we give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for coming. Would you stand with me this morning before we close? Let me just pray this blessing over you. Just hold your hands out and just receive this. May this God who knows everything about you grant you peace in every circumstance, joy in every circumstance. And would this same God, would, would he just lead you and guide your life this week so that you might make a difference in your community, wherever, that, wherever you may find yourself. Go in the peace and the love of an all-knowing God this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.